0: I'll be Hornswoggle.
1: This is Penn Sunday School, and to our
0: listening ears, oh, all nature sings and round us rings
2: the music of the streets. Here we go! It's Penn Sunday School! Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School, starring Penn Gillette. My name is Michael Godot, Penn, Matt, Randy, Rich, and I are broadcasting from our separate homes around the world. On this week's show, we'll hear more from Penn's great Budapest adventure. The world is finally reopening for Reddy and us all, and maybe we'll hear about Godot's scariest night ever. Here is Preach and love, Mr. Penn Gillette.
0: Yep, 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 yep. and love, preach and love. It is, uh, it is crazy how the world is opening up, isn't it? I mean... Yes. Uh, we have to say here that we are aware that when we say world, we're not talking about the world, because India uh, uh, not having the vaccine in places is is criminal and horrible, and uh, that needs to be fixed. But we're talking really about the United States. We're really, I think, talking about Vegas, really, uh, California. Um, There was that article about how death rates are going to be very, very different in red states and blue states, which is the weirdest thing. have we ever had, I guess, maybe cigarette smoking goes by class or went to class. Right. And I guess that um, uh, probably certain sorts of diet stuff is related. Mm-hmm. But has there ever been something like this that was so related to politics?
2: Well, what happened when the seatbelts? Did they people think seatbelts were an invasion of their rights? I was, you know,
3: still some of that then.
0: But this is still so passive, yeah and we've
3: reached like really huge critical evidence points, you know <laughs> yeah and and some of those evidence points came from Israel and Netanyahu, so like if we're talking about <laughs> politics, you know like—
2: yeah, you're pretty much still hunting bigfoot if you th- if you think that this is not real
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know uh. 14 percent, that poll came out, 14 percent of the people in the United States of America believe the government of the United States of America is uh, run by Satan-worshipping pedophiles. 14 percent.
3: That's crazy. That's just honestly crazy. (laughs) That's just really
0: weird. And those people will start dying more than other people. Yeah. Those who believe that Bill Gates is putting microchips in the vaccine We'll start dying at a higher rate than those who don't.
2: Which means eventually Bill Gates will be able to put those chips into
0: us.
2: (laughs) No one won't believe it anymore.
4: Deaths at sporting events. NASCAR versus the Olympics. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. But still not these numbers. That's my only politics thing. You went to work yesterday? Yeah, I got called in to uh, the casino company that I worked through a third party yesterday. My first day of work in 440 days. Wow. Wow. Did did you love it? I made a musical temperament joke that I was hoping somebody would get, but even you didn't comment on it. (laughs) What was that? That I would be of good temperament today. Uh Uh-huh. Because of 440 days. Oh, I see. Very nice. Very nice. Even explaining that Matt and Goudot are just looking blankly. Is it a 4-4 joke? No. Oh, but then I didn't get it at all. Now, look up musical temperament. It will all become clear to you later. I'll get right on it. (laughs) Yeah, it was one of the easiest shifts for the casino, so it was good at that level. You talked about how uh, it was difficult working the first week because of the physical effort. Yeah. And I didn't have a whole lot of that to worry about on this one. They really only need two guys working at the same time for one five-minute period, and the whole shift exists just for that, because they need to be in two different parts of the casino at the same time.
3: But you walked into a casino for the first time in in the 440 days.
4: I did. What did you think of the casinos
3: being back in them?
4: The sign on front is very strange right now because nobody knows exactly what's going on.
3: Yeah, that was really strange because I'm out out here in California where they, they are waiting for the governor and people to say stuff. In Vegas, the CDC and the president spoke and then everybody just posted that up on their windows. And went in. And no one waited for for our governor or Clark County to sign off on anything, right? And just they just went at it. And so it was. Yeah, we have really strange signage on every store. You really are walking to every store looking for dire- looking for the directions on how to enter that store or place of business.
4: Yeah, and it's a really, really, really long sign. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody but me reads that stuff, right? Right. Correct. I was standing at the door for about three minutes to get through it all. <laughs> In everybody's way. <laughs> and how, how was your mask
0: wearing going there, Reddy? It's
4: strange because the sign says you don't have to wear it, but the casino still wants you wearing it Yeah. Mm-hmm. as an employee. So even though I'm fully vaccinated, um, I didn't have to because I was working through a third party, so I was contracting, but I did anyway just to make everybody comfortable. Sure. I had another situation going to the grocery store a couple days prior when the sign first went up. Mm
1: -hmm.
4: I stopped at the uh, entrance of the grocery store to put my mask on, and a stranger approached me from behind and said, you know, the CDC doesn't require you to wear those anymore. And I said, (laughs) oh, that's okay. I don't mind. And then he called me a sheep very angrily (laughs) and stormed off. (laughs) And did you, did you just say, bah?
0: <laughs> right in his face.
4: <laughs> I felt like he was looking for a violent encounter, so I did not make eye contact or respond in any way. <laughs> that's the right choice. I, yeah. At this point, I don't. Yeah, so
0: the people wait are, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't quote the CDC and
4: then call someone a sheep. That's my thought as well. <laughs> <laughs> look if i'm i'm the one that's bucking the system there right yeah (laughs) (laughs) the cdc finally agrees with me you sheep (laughs) (laughs) i also feel like you can't use the word sheep without also being a sheep you're already in an in-group just saying just accusing somebody being a sheep right because you really mean lemming in the first place
0: but lemmings don't really run off cliffs anyway
4: correct but sheep don't either. <laughs> Nobody ever even accused them of doing it.
0: <laughs> I mean, Disney faked that footage of the lemmings running off the cliff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the one that everyone believes. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's created yeah. by Disney. <laughs> if you believe lemmings run to their death off a cliff, you should also believe Cinderella is real. Okay. <laughs> That still sounds
3: like a better world for me, so I'm in. <laughs> I uh, At this point, the rules are so complicated, I don't understand that anyone could be judging what anyone else is doing with their face right now, because there are, there are cases for both people wearing masks to, to be anti and pro politics of things. There are cases for the rules of not wearing a mask and not wearing a mask, definitely be both sides of the equation.
0: <laughs> yeah. I find this more complicated than trying to follow the bandana rules for the back pocket at a gay bar <laughs> in 1978. <laughs> <laughs> now, the blue bandana in the right pocket means you're a dom who, I, who
4: only does English? Is that? I don't, and are you selling or buying?
2: Exactly. <laughs> I was going to go with star belly sneeches. That's how different our lives are. <laughs> <laughs> we printed so many stars on our bellies, we don't know
0: who's who anymore. <laughs> I I think the bandana example was better, Godot.
2: <laughs> certainly led for a better life. <laughs> but while you were hanging at the baths, I was hanging out with Dr. Soyce. I.
3: I was explaining to my wife, the, the, uh, the comfort I feel right now, this stage of the pandemic uh, is one that I'm familiar with because I was a C plus student. I know what it's like to do the research. I know what it's like to aim for an A plus, And then I know what it's like for the day to arrive. And I go like, oh, well, I got, I got what I got. I'm just going to hand it in. It's easier. I could ask for an extension to get a better grade, or I could hand it in and move on. And, and go enjoy summer and wait for the next semester. And <laughs> this is exactly what it feels like in the pandemic right now. <laughs> we know we were in danger of getting an F. We knew what it would take to get, you know, herd immunity, A+, and <laughs> I know what we have in our hands on this date, and I'm handing in my work, and I'm moving on.
0: <laughs> I am
3: totally content with where we are in the pandemic.
0: <laughs> you do understand, Matt. When you do this, we do this uh, this thing for somebody else. You're talking to someone who is a B or an A student. In this case, C plus, my parents would have had a party. (laughs) 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 My parents would have felt that all their prayers were answered if I were C (laughs) plus. They would have gone for a C. Yeah, and there were moments. When a D would have pleased them. (laughs) So, uh, Goodo, you told me uh, when I asked you what you wanted to talk about today. Yeah. You said the scariest thing that happened to you in your life had happened to you. Yes. Of course, by definition, that has to be true, right? What I mean (laughs) is.
2: (laughs) I got a C plus in a class. God damn it.
0: (laughs) I've known you many years, you Yeah. I've been through some scary stuff. You do stupid shit.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. You fell off a cliff with a hang glider. Yeah. (laughs) This was scarier. I was camping. We've talked about my sister's tenter (laughs) in her backyard. Yes. Intense. Intense. I was in the tents. Yeah. And it was late at night.
0: And, uh, I, I wish we had a campfire. I wish we had a campfire. We <laughs> it, need that this, for this story. This is that story. <laughs> is this the guy that escaped from the mental institution with a hook on his arm? <laughs> yeah, we've, and we
2: found it hanging from the car door. Yeah, <laughs> It's very close to that. I'm, I'm asleep in the tent in the backyard, and I wake up to this super weird noise coming towards the tent and the noise is like if you were swinging something around on a on a rope and it and it and it's coming down this hill toward this tent and i i i cannot imagine what that is i still can't i what i what i imagine it is is i'm either having a stroke or i'm still asleep is what it what the reality has to be so i hear this and it's, it, it's aliens. It has to be space aliens. Nothing on Earth makes this noise. And it's coming down this hill super fast, and it goes around the tent and around the tent a couple of times, and then it goes down the hill further and over the pond and around around the house in the yard, and then it comes back up and goes by the tent again. And you're tracking this all just with audio? Just audio. Just audio. Just laying in the bed as still as I possibly can because... I can't think of anything that can make that noise. I can't think of anything. I am. This is like a space alien monster movie. I have no clue what it could possibly be. I'm so terrified I won't pick up my phone because I don't want to turn the light on. I don't want to draw any attention to the tent. If you turn a light on inside a tent, the whole thing lights up and they know something's going on. I won't even turn my f- Who's in the tent with you? Just me. It's just me by myself. And it's, so you have no one to say do you hear that too right no one to say that to I, I, I I am absolutely positive I am awake and I am so so terrified I am afraid to breathe and it 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 goes on for four or five minutes
0: gee whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah long long time around the tent a few times around the yard a couple of times uh, at, and and then it leaves, and I hear what sounds like weird machinery a- around me in various places for a few moments at a time. And I got to tell you, I sat in that <laughs> stupid tent for two hours, unable to breathe, shaking so badly. Was there an anal soreness? <laughs> there was no anal soreness. And and after about 90 minutes, I had to pee really badly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Which no. means I was like, "Oh my God! I can't possibly open the tent and get up. I don't want to open the tent. I don't want to turn on any light. I don't want to move. I don't want to do anything." <laughs> I finally got up and peed, and there was nothing there, and I have no idea what it was.
3: So you have no idea what I have no idea. What no idea. noise
2: No idea if the noise was even real because it was only me out there. But it was. That's... I. Oh my God! I lie there so so scared for so long.
0: In a life of unsatisfying stories, yeah. this is a remarkably unsatisfying story. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for me as Did what you a, have
3: a, a weapon? I think
0: that you can put that out that the you... fire now, Reddy. Reddy's had the fire going this whole time. But... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Reddy.
2: I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> you have I... no guess. I
2: have a slight guess. Where they.
3: Please say aliens. Please say aliens.
2: Is sur- <laughs> yeah, obviously, duh. Uh, where they live is surrounded by uh, vineyards. And vineyards... You think this was flying
0: grapes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were drunk off your ass. That's what you mean. <laughs> That's what I mean, yes. In the
2: vineyards, when it gets very cold out, and it was pretty cold, they have fans. That they turn on and put heaters around to keep the grapes from freezing. Now, it's not impossible that that's what I heard. I've never heard them running before, and I don't know what noise they make. And there are, you know, several vineyards around the house. So that's my only guess other than actually still being asleep. Are there
0: drone fans?
2: I don't know what that is. Well, we, we don't know
3: either. We just I
0: don't know either. I just said those words. <laughs> you, you heard the noises all, you.
3: all around your tent. So we've got to figure out what would go around and around your tent. But I, even
2: a
0: drone has a motor noise. Thank yeah. you for backing me, Matt. Thank you for backing me. Get <laughs> <Kiss ass. laughs> I, I appreciate it. It sounded like
2: Bruce Lee getting ready to fight in a kung fu movie. <laughs>
3: And different lengths of time was the chance. There was like one crazy, one mutant quail. Is that possible? <laughs> it was one extremely fast and strong quail.
2: I, I it, it, it seems like it had to be flying. There are bobcats, a bat, but they would—they don't make that noise. I couldn't find anything that made that noise. You know, uh, bobcats when they fight make weird noises. You know, what did you search animal? for?
0: Did you go to the web and search for?
2: yeah that's what i searched for (laughs) i don't know how to spell it
4: (laughs) it's their new reverse audio search engine
0: (laughs) i will tell you i will tell you guaranteed someone in our listening audience can explain this i am so hopeful of
2: that because it it was a couple more nights that i had to sleep out there and i was pretty dang nervous I would say the answer is probably swamp gas. Swamp gas, I yeah, that's a good guess. <laughs> I just, I, It's hard to explain how really honestly terrified I was. I've never felt that way. It was very strange.
0: But you might have been dreaming.
2: I'm, I, that's all I can figure. You know what I mean? That's the only thing that really makes sense to me. Although, like I said, I felt like I was wide awake. I was looking at the roof of the tent. You know, I moved my phone to underneath my body just in case someone called or it rang or something caused it to light up. I, I really, really was afraid of drawing any attention of any movement at all.
0: Was the phone there when you, uh, when you got up to pee?
2: Yeah, it was underneath my butt. <laughs> like I said, I was... Hoping for a call? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Someone call and remind me that I'm alive. <laughs> That's not what Matt meant. Oh, I know that's not what Matt meant. That's my interpretation of what Matt meant. My enjoyment
3: for the phone ringing at that point. (laughs) What if I told you you were dreaming right now, Godot? Wake up, buddy. Yeah. Godot, wake up. Wake (laughs) up. Thank
2: you. I could still be dreaming. (laughs) No idea what it was. Wow.
3: (laughs) That's bizarre.
0: Terrified. So terrifying. (laughs) And speaking of terrifying, Matt, you saw Vinny? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I went and saw Vinny
3: Grasso uh, doing a show totally mental down at the uh, Neonopolis. Um So there's a place called Notoriety on the third floor of um, mm-hmm. the Neonapolis. It was just impressive because they've been trying to do stuff at that giant building for so long, and now to see it actually up, alive, and thriving post pandemic was pretty neat. That's great to see. And Vinny's got a little theater that's converted from a movie theater into his, uh, his, own, his own one-man show. And he's got a couple big screens in it. How many seats? I think it seats about 100, 100 and change, I think. And he's doing mentalism? He's, doing, he's basically kind of making fun of mentalism and doing some magic as well. And, you know, it was a great... He's, he's going through this phase that everyone's going through right now, which is that he made a great show for not getting people up on stage, for b- having people to be able to stay in their seat, you know, which is him by himself. And it's this really strong show. And again, we talk about how things change week to week. It's like the world was a little ahead of it. And so you, at one point you kind of felt like, why isn't this person going on stage? <laughs> you know, they can now. You know, that kind of a thing. But yeah, he put on like an hour-long show. He's got two big screens. It may look fancy. And then it's in this movie theater, so it has like this giant walkway aisle up the middle that I thought would feel weird or whatever. But I was my brother and I, my brother came with me. I wanted to take a layperson with me to a magic show to make sure I, I saw it through his eyes kind of thing. And uh, it was totally cool. The audience was left and right, but it was, felt fine. And Vinny played it like a pro. It was nice.
2: good, yeah, nice.
3: And you're
0: going to fill in there, you think, someday?
3: Yeah, yeah. So Vinny gets gigs here and there. And so uh, he's going to keep the show open. And so if it, very likely if I get a call, uh, Godot will get a call as well. And uh, we will go fill in for Vinny. <laughs>
2: <laughs> What's the ceiling height? <laughs>
3: <laughs> there is enough. There definitely is good ceiling height in there. It's a movie theater. Oh, good. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You'll
2: be doing your eleven rings, good old. I'll do the eleven ring. <laughs> yeah, I've been working on. Yeah, I have a surprise for you, fellas. <laughs>
3: but it's funny. During
2: the pandemic. I have been juggling every day. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I got tagged in the thing on Twitter about a, a, a magician gig, and I talk about this all the time. Where in comedy, you basically make no money, or you get like a good gig, you know. But there's no like kind of like parlor stand up. You don't get asked to kind of do stand-up at birthday parties. You know, there's not a lot of improv gigs that, that, that do that, at least go well in those environments. With magicians, you can. And uh, just, just to make me feel great about switching occupations to being a comedic magician, uh, this is a Craigslist ad. Need a terrible magician for brother's birthday party, <laughs> is what the Craigslist ad said. I'm looking for a bad magician for my brother's 24th birthday party. The party's at a bar, so no live animals and, or nothing extravagant. When I say terrible, you should be really bad at magic. Drop cards, can't pull off tricks, just generally making a fool of yourself. Uh, that said, you know, play it off like you're actually trying. <laughs> Come prepared to do a 30-minute quote routine and try to be dressed <laughs> the way a magician might. Be comfortable in front of an audience or be awkward. That might be better anyway. We're going to laugh at you or ignore you, so be comfortable with that option as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was born for this business. I was born. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That ad, that <laughs> ad is asking. I mean, this is an ad that not many people could answer. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, this is like no problem because all the people that could answer it don't know they could answer it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I
0: can give you a list of 175 people who would be perfect. They don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> are you, are you, did you get in touch really? Are you joking?
3: Uh, I, I got mentioned in the tweet. So, I literally just wrote, I was born for this gig. So, if, they, if, they, if they're attached to the tweet, I might get a response. <laughs> I don't know where the gig is though. So, it's on Twitter. So, I don't even know. But, uh, oh, yeah. but, but we'll see. Probably Budapest. <laughs> exactly. We'll travel. We'll travel. I have legitimate gigs coming up in, uh, in Utah. Utah top Puddy cat uh, June seventh
0: through the twelfth. Utah top Puddy cat.
3: <laughs> and where's that at? That's at uh, Mystique Dining in West Jordan, Utah, just outside of Salt Lake City.
0: Boy, they love you there, don't they? They love they love mad at Mystique Dining. Well, they have a few theaters now,
2: don't they? I think they have two or three. So it's one of the great things about you know him being uh, a magician. You can go work those. There's a bunch of little theaters popping up around the U.S. now where. Magic shows can go and work.
0: And there's going to be more. I predict there's going to be more.
2: I'm hoping some of them have higher ceilings.
0: <laughs> uh, so
2: your, your mother's still hanging in, huh, Godot? My mother has, she's back to where she was before she broke her leg, back to her, before she had the accident, before she had her, uh, her, her uh, sepsis incident. And she's doing great. She's super cheery. She's moving around. It's, it's, it's like she hadn't had this terrible, terrible episode where we were sure
0: she was going to die. Does she feel awkward that she didn't die after she said goodbye to people? <laughs> I,
2: that's what I told her. I said, you have to call and apologize to everyone because you, you made everybody believe you were going to die. I raced out here to be here. You owe us your, uh, to be dead. <laughs> but she's got enough of a sense of humor to enjoy that and to laugh at that. And she's, she's well. I'm going to go visit her again in a few days. It's, it's unbelievable.
0: That's very good news, Goodell. very good news. It's, it's good.
2: such surprising and such great news, and I couldn't be happier, really, That's fantastic. other than having to stay with space aliens while I go to visit her. So <laughs> I'm a little terrified to go visit
0: her again. Now, uh, Mystique Dining in Utah are going to be at, right, Matt?
3: Yes, yes, yes. And uh, if you enter hey Scoops, H-E-Y-S-C-O-O-P-S at checkout, you get 35% off tickets, 35% wow. That's off. That's amazing. Yeah, five course meal. I perform for 45 minutes at the end. Uh, 30 person parlor.
0: People could leave after the meal if they want. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. I, don't.
3: I you just heard the gigs I'm submitting for. I would take no offense if you are completely satisfied. <laughs> as long as I have a couple people to try my new ring trick on, I don't that's all I need. I just need someone to stick around. <laughs>
0: So, um, James Brown is dead. Hardest working man in show business may be Kevin Hart.
3: Oh, man.
0: Wow. He is amazing. He is a machine on the set. Just perfect. Oh, that's awesome. One of the most professional people I've ever seen. Oh, wow. And pleasant and everything. Now, he led me to believe that this was not the way he'd been all the time. Okay. But uh, he sure is now. He follows The Rock's rules, which are he, no matter when his call time is, like his call time is like 6 a.m. Yeah. He gets up three hours before his call time. Oh, wow. Does full two hours of working out. He comes to set promising The Rock he'll be the hardest working person on the set. And uh, he and The Rock have these sets of rules they follow. And, um, Guess what? Working really hard works. That's actually a really good rule to have.
4: Now, did the Rocks threaten him?
0: (laughs) I don't know. But uh, he does a a good job. and He was very, very funny. And there's a scene with uh, Kevin Hart and Bobby Lee that I can't tell you about because it would violate contracts from people that actually might prosecute me. (laughs) <laughs> I can handle Glenn's wrath, but I'm not sure about. But it was amazing. We're out in the sand quarry outside of Budapest in the rain with hundred Hungarian extras and trucks with blue screens and Jack Black's voice recorded and stunt people all insane, insane. And everybody, I work with the best AD in the business. She is amazing. The Director, uh, Eli Roth, is amazing. Everybody on the set, polite, hardworking, good, fabulous. And I got to talk to Kate Lanchette about playing Bob Dylan, and I'm not here.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. wow.
0: And I, I tried to be very um, c- circum... I didn't want to, I didn't want to offend... Kate Blanchet, but I wanted the information. I said, "You know, when you when you're playing Bob Dylan, you you're wearing those silk shirts from the '66 tour, and kind of unbuttoned, and you not only sound like Bob Dylan, but your body's kind of like Bob Dylan. Uh, how did you do that?" And she said. I lost a lot of weight. Wow. She I lost a lot of weight to play Bob Dylan. And she said, I had Bob Dylan's body. Wow. 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 And I said, can you, can you do the voice for me? And she said, <laughs> no, Penn, I won't do the voice for you. She said, when I leave a role, I don't remember anything that I did. I don't remember the voice or remember anything. And then she gave me a look that meant, "Pen." We're working on a movie here. We are not for you to talk to me about Bob Dylan for the rest of the day. <laughs>
2: and yet you did.
0: <laughs> but uh, Kate was wonderful, uh, and Kate also she was as committed in a um, you know in a video game movie. She was committed as if she were doing uh, Shakespeare. That's great. That's awesome. Fabulous. The the cast
2: sounds amazing. It's really. I
0: worked with uh, Cheyenne Jackson, who was great. Yeah, it was uh, it was a wonderful experience, all of it. So, can you say how
3: uh, confident you felt of being around everybody? Where you feel like you were (laughs) up there swinging
0: with the pros? Are you keeping up with Kate Blanchett? Is the real question. (laughs) Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart promises himself he will be the hardest working person in the set. I, however, am very comfortable being the least talented and barely prepared person in the set. <laughs> I would say... C plus, baby. I would have made my parents proud my C plus. <laughs> Bobby Lee finished his take and people said, whoa! And Kevin Hart said... I, I, I'm I glad the reversal's not on me because I was laughing my ass off. People next to me said, wow, wow, is he good. The extras, who didn't even speak that much English, were laughing at Bobby Lee. No one was supposed to be. Uh, Eli Roth, the director, came in and said, Bobby, that was amazing. That was amazing. And it's okay people were cracking up because you don't have them on camera. It's okay, Bobby. You were great. Kevin Hart said, that was fabulous. Jamie Lee said, Kevin, I mean, can you believe Bobby Lee? He's so great. I finished my take, and people said, cut. Um, seems we're okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Close enough. We got it. We got it. Let's go on.
0: <laughs> well, at least you didn't get the, uh-
3: the Arthur Penn post take.
0: Yeah. Oh, I didn't get that. I didn't get that. Someone you know might see this movie might want to do it better. I just got, <laughs> okay, we're done. <laughs> but I mean, Bobby Lee is brilliant. And I did my lines. <laughs> <laughs> we, also, we also had to run. And there's this guy, Charles, um, the weird last name, like Babio or something, who's from, uh, who's from uh, England. And uh, take one, two, three, and four. I wasn't able to keep up with Sir Cheyenne, but I was able to keep ahead of most of the Hungarian extras. <laughs> 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 running, running in wet sand, oh. in boots, I don't know, 20 yards, <laughs> 30 times. At the end, I was telling Eli, I think my character is tired for this. (laughs) (laughs) I think my character would fall down. (laughs) I think my character is going to go slower than Cheyenne. Because Cheyenne is a hunk in very, very good shape. Yes. You know Cheyenne Jackson. Yeah. Um, He can run. And Charles of England can run. Some of the Hungarian extras couldn't, but they were further back. <laughs> Charles Babalola. Charles Babalola. Isn't that a good last name?
3: It's a great last
0: name. Charles Babalola is wonderful. He's fabulous. Charles Babalola was great, and, um, and uh, Cheyenne was great. And they could also run every time. And Cheyenne and Jamie Lee and Kevin, all good at running. <laughs> kate blanchette good at running
2: huh might be what my acting is missing <laughs> that is what i'm missing in my acting career perhaps
0: but it's really funny i mean uh it, uh they're they're just really good actors you know and running is part of it they do a good job running there was also a guy if you have the cast list up you can see who he was but uh a guy named. Um, Fionn or something like that, muscle guy, huge muscle guy who was in very, very good shape. Uh, Florian Manciano? Yeah, Florian Manciano. Um, he was amazing because we would finish a 12-hour day, day out in the elements running, and then he went back to the hotel and did a full two hours of workout. Because I think if you let a body like that go for even a moment, you fall apart. <laughs> I don't mean you fall apart, you stay healthy, but I think he's afraid that, you know, two weeks without exercising, and he wouldn't be that full pumped, Right. everything. Yeah. I mean, we talk about this on a larger
3: level, but like, you know, that is part of that occupation, you know, if you hit that type, you know, and so... When you meet very beautiful people who don't want to speak the same, feel like you don't speak the same language as them, and also they meet someone else who's in incredible shape, and they will. They'll talk about the hours they spend at the gym and what they do at the gym.
0: Yeah. Kevin Hart eats perfectly. You know, the food that he's given, he eats and nothing else. And Kevin Hart was in fabulous shape.
3: Yeah. Well, that's, that's the- Fabulous. Shape. That's for the freak, like he can be a up without being in fabulous shape. He just insists on being in fabulous shape.
0: Yeah. He, uh, he's in fabulous shape. And, uh, also. I'm not sure it's just insisting though. Cause I
2: insist that I am in fabulous shape. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't worked <laughs> so far. I'm not in any better shape. No matter how much I stomp my foot.
0: Uh, Kevin also is one of the most comfortable people not being tall. I've ever met. Oh, interesting. Hmm. When a person under five, six meet someone over 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. There's more of the foot of a difference. They either want to dispel the tension or be angry or something uncomfortable comes up. Kevin, mm. nothing. Not a thing? Nothing. Not a thing. Really? No. Not even a, I'm a little guy joke that's, you know, makes you uncomfortable. Nothing. Just a regular guy, hardworking guy in the set, really good. Nice. Wow. You know, coming up to me and saying, your take was okay. He <laughs> didn't actually. That's, that's just a joke. I don't care what the other people said. <laughs>
2: I thought you did a fine uh, job. <laughs> yeah. They'll
0: be able to use that, I think. Sure. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Very usable.
0: That's, that'd be the worst thing to hear. What are you talking about, the worst thing to hear? I have heard many worse things than that. Like, <laughs> we won't be able to use that. I've heard that.
3: <laughs>
0: Good point. Good point. We, ha- we, have- we haven't gotten anything. I've heard that. <laughs> and then I flew back because I got lucky, which, you know, as you all know, I always get lucky. Uh, things go my way. Right. They do. And I happened to rap early. So there was a friend of mine taking a private jet all the way from Budapest.
2: Oh, that's a nice thing.
0: So uh, Gulfstream 6, do you know the G6? Oh, my. I believe there's a song about it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, there were beds in the back, plenty of room. Yeah. Real comfy. They would found out I was vegan. And they were cooking vegan food for me to order. That that being rich thing probably doesn't suck, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Well, as far as I could tell, this was a free flight. I just don't know why more people (laughs) weren't on it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. What'd you eat? Everything.
0: (laughs) I ate so much food. They had um, wonderful falafels. Oh, man. They had a vegan lasagna. Well, they had all oh, you really need to keep me happy. I said um, this was a uh, a great moment. They brought out a uh, cheese and meat plate for the other uh, the other flyers, mm-hmm. and uh, he said to me, uh, "What would you like?" We have a lot of vegan food ready, and I said, "You wouldn't happen to have peanut butter and crackers, would you?" <laughs> he said, "Sure." And he brought me out a big fancy dish full of peanut butter and these wonderfully delicious crackers. Mm-hmm. And I sat there 30,000 feet in the air going just below Mach 1 <laughs> with a knife, fine silver, taking the peanut butter, putting it on the crackers, popping it in my mouth, and washing it down with a nice seltzer. I was in hog heaven.
2: (laughs) That sounds like a good trip.
0: (laughs) And like it wasn't enough, I then said to him, you don't have any potato chips, do you? (laughs) 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 If you want to make me happy, rye bread with too much peanut butter, like an inch and a half thick of peanut butter on a piece of rye bread with a bag of laced potato chips on the side and a big old bottle of seltzer. I've eaten in the finest restaurants in the world. There's nothing I'd rather eat than that. (laughs) And I'll tell you, uh, Mike Desmith says in his book, never complain about the air conditioning on a private jet because your friends will hate you. (laughs) So I've got nothing to complain about the private jet Except to say, even in luxury, 13 hours is a long time. Can I say that? Is that too much to say? Yes. No. That is all.
4: <laughs>
0: that is too much to say.
4: <laughs> <It's>,
0: <laughs>
2: it seemed okay to me, but Matt is uncomfortable with that.
4: <laughs> Unless they're showing 24. Yeah. Yeah, 13 hours is still, it's, just a,
3: it's weird. It's just tough. I don't know. it's 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 the least tough way it's the least annoying way it's the least (laughs) tedious way to do something that is annoying and tedious
2: right yeah i'm pretty sure i had a more uncomfortable trip to
3: budapest and back than that no one's (laughs) doubting that if we're starting to rank trips to budapest (laughs) yeah then penn has no right to complain
2: still the best (laughs) it's the best it could be it's still not great (laughs) but i'll tell you
0: nine hours of it (laughs) <laughs> no problem.
2: <laughs> you do nine hours of it every night, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah, you do nine hours of it every night. Yeah. All the time. You know, and, and good Wi Fi. Everything. <laughs> ah,
3: now it's hard to complain. That is harder. And the
0: uh, pilot came back and very pleasantly talked to us for a really long time, you know, chatted. It was very nice.
3: That's nerve-wracking to me. I know it's supposed yeah. to be pleasant, but that's nerve-wracking. Yeah.
0: Well, there was another pilot.
3: Oh, okay. <laughs> One of the pilots came back. <laughs> I get it. I, it's a fancy plane. There was two pilots. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> there were three.
0: Oh, man. That is fancy. <laughs> they were flying more than 12 hours. That would be like rotations. Yep. Okay. It's all regulated. Uh, we have all the permits. That's what they told me. We <laughs> have <laughs> <laughs> everything we need, we're fine. You're all set. You're all set. It was very, very nice. I had never uh, flown that long in that much luxury. It was, it was pretty great.
3: Now, there was no, like, you know, certain flights, when you're kind of keeping to yourself, you don't want to hear, like, hey, are you Penn from Penn & Teller? Was there, did that happen, like, halfway through the flight at all, anybody?
0: No. They were not <laughs> excited to have Pet on the Flight. They were tolerating Pet on the Flight. <laughs> <laughs> I, there is a level of
3: wealth in which show business becomes the most boring thing in the world. Yeah. Like I've been, you know, I remember on my, on my honeymoon, Sarah was in Jersey Boys, and I was working with you guys on a Discovery Channel television show with Ben and Teller. And, and we got put up at this really nice St. Regis Hotel as a, as a, as a present from her father. To stay at the St. Regis in Hawaii. And every single person we made conversation with, like, asked zero, zero follow up questions when they, when they figured out what we did for a living. Nothing. Had no questions for us about show business whatsoever. We were at the St. Regis. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, we're used to being pretty funny and intriguing in conversation, my wife and I. We're usually. <laughs> Socializing and, and that kind of thing is one of our strong suits, and we couldn't believe how uncurious people were <laughs> about
2: <us. laughs> Yeah. You should go camping with me sometime. They're excited about it. <laughs> yeah. There's a table in tuolumne Meadows where people are happy to find out you're doing shows.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh I do my uh I do my own show uh in Las Vegas where the uh, we've been running there for quite a long time. Would you like some more peanut butter? different world different world yep the other thing is of course the big thing about flying is that uh privately is you don't have to get to the airport two hours early
2: right that's the
0: best
3: and did you do it out of out of habit or anything were you were you early no
0: you just you just you just show up and they go is everybody here yeah okay let's go
3: Oh, wow. That's every, that's, that's, that's nice. That's very nice. And we
0: landed and the guy came on the plane and said, let me see your passports. Okay. Yeah, that's nice. It was very, very nice. And, uh, I, uh, I do not, let me tell you this, even for an instant, take that at all for granted. I was like, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. Uh, I can't (laughs) believe this. This is. I got, pe- I got peanut butter, I got crackers. There was one moment <laughs> when I had my iPad set up and I was watching the three Stooges. I had a bag of potato chips, seltzer, and peanut butter crackers and the Stooges playing over my headphones going, I can't imagine anything better.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. And then six hours later, you were sick of it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I also kept thinking, if the Stooges could picture exactly this scene, what would that feel like to them? <laughs> wow. You know, I have a little machine in front of me that's playing what they thought was just being made for movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about the Stooges that they got older, as Mo got older and stuff. I'm talking about the Stooges in 1935. You know? Picturing the technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the technology and on a jet. Yeah. Right. And saying, this is the future. I mean, to them, if they just saw the scene in there, they could say, he's probably going to Mars. <laughs> yeah, 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 Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. Did you uh, gain like a new taste for doing movies
0: again? And I kind of think, because movies is a whole different lifestyle.
3: Making movies is a whole different deal.
0: Uh I'm a live performer, you know, no matter what comes down, I'm carny trash and making movies is just a, you know, something I kind of fell into. You know, it's not like, uh, you know, I, I do one thing. I say the words in the order they want me to, and I look like me and I sound like me and that's all I can do. I mean, when you're around people like Cape Blanchett, I mean, if you said to Cape Blanchett, you've got to play Penn Gillette she'd come in a week later doing a better pendulette than me. <laughs> I mean, these are people who it's really, really, really skilled. So you can't say after I've been on a set with Cate Blanchett that I do movies. I mean, at, a, at the same time, being on a set with Cape Blanchett um, proves it and negates it instantly. <laughs> because if you're on a set with Kate Blanchett, you are in real movies. No doubt about that. But if you're on a set with Kate Blanchett, you realize she's doing something differently, different than you are. You know? Yeah. We have different jobs. I'm there as a stunt, as a novelty. She's there because she's really, really, really good. Right. And I picked Kate Blanchett. I could have thrown in Kevin Hart or Jamie Lee or Cheyenne, or Charles, or uh, any of them, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I love there being craft services. I love them saying, would you like another decaf coffee? And we have some peanuts. I love all of that.
1: <laughs>
0: I like, you know, having a few lines and doing them. And, you know, the. I don't particularly enjoy the travel, but I certainly am not complaining about it. Right. And the hotels are nice. and. um it's weird getting up at 5 a.m. to work in show business because I got into show business because you get up at noon. (laughs) Right, right, right. But I don't know. I mean, have you ever aspired to be a real actor, actor, Matt? Um, I mean, I know what you're talking about where, like, as soon as
3: you're around movies, you're like, this is a whole different deal. I think I always wanted to be funny. I think I always wanted to be, like, a sitcom actor. And there was a while where I trained really hard. like There's, like, a whole different took classes and that kind of stuff, and there's a whole different rhythm to that kind of rapid-fire dialogue and, and keeping mm-hmm. the pace to page and things like that that I loved figuring out. And I liked being on big commercials and things like that, and I felt like there's a difference to being in that groove or not, but I never thought I had what it took to be a thing where, like, my face, box office, millions of tickets, I can do that. Never thought that ever, no. And then being around it, because I was around it also... Like Kevin Smith, I grew up in Red Bank, New Jersey. Kevin Smith made Clerks, and suddenly everyone was throwing away all of their money to make independent films around me. So I got to be in a lot of independent films. And it is a whole lifestyle. People who like being in movies and making movies, you work on projects for months at a time, and then when you're into that project, you're just in that space until you're released from that space, and then looking for your next project. It's like, it's it's, it's almost some of the people who work on cruise ships. You're either getting on the ship or getting off the ship, and then once you're in there, you're on a constant clock that just is 12 hours ahead of when you're going to cut, and that's it. And it's, just, it's such a different 24-hour consuming lifestyle that when I was really around it, I was like, oh, I definitely did not understand what it meant to think I could do movies. And you know, uh, it's definitely something that as soon as I was around it, I was like, oh, I, I don't think I'm cut for this. I don't think I have the stamina for this kind of a lifestyle.
0: Yeah, it's also um it's also that weird um when you are working live, yeah, I know that at nine o'clock I'll walk on stage tonight. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you're doing a movie, you don't know really within forty five minutes when you're gonna be doing what.
3: No, and then you you know, you get excited, you know your lines, you get excited, and then you sit around sometimes for eight hours yeah and you don't get to the say them by the time you're ready to say them you're like i don't you're used to that stage energy you're like how do i get into that stage persona i've been sitting around yeah. for eight hours how do i make that feel magical now in front of a camera with no audience responding it's it's a very different deal you know and people that can
2: do it they can do it yeah. I think of it like juggling, you know what I mean? It takes a long time to learn. No, to it's nothing five. like
0: juggling. It's nothing <laughs> like juggling. <laughs> yes, it is.
2: It's exactly the same as juggling. If you do three balls, you can call yourself a juggler, but you shouldn't be out there on stage with the people doing five clubs. You know? Yeah. Yep. Sometimes you're just a, like a your snack. You're just a party snack to them. <laughs>
3: no, like when you watch Cate Blanchett or Tom Hanks, you have no idea that that's being done at four o'clock in the morning. Because they wrapped at, you know, 2 a.m. the night before, (laughs) you know, and so that's when he or or 2 p.m. the night before. And they went into like 20 hours of golden time because they couldn't get certain things to work. And all of a sudden, 12 hours later, that was the soonest they could get him back. And so they got him back at 4 a.m. to do this scene that's totally transformative in a movie that's going to make you cry. Like, it's just like, you have no clue. Like, that's, that's, the, the, that's amazing right. that they can pull that off. And
2: to me, that's still even like the easy part. <laughs> right. Even under the best circumstances, it's really hard to do it. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah,
0: It's right. He's right. If we were given everything, like with the exact time and an audience and jacked up and everything else, we still couldn't be a Kate Blanchett and Tom Hanks. <laughs>
3: They're good uh, I'm getting a note that says Are we pronouncing uh, from your wife The ombudsman Are we pronouncing Kate Blanchett's last name incorrectly On purpose
0: No I don't give a fuck <laughs> I don't know uh, she, answered, she answered to that <laughs> So We'll
3: just call her Kate like we know her Is that easier? We'll just do that
0: Yeah. <laughs> Kate, baby. We're <Around> on Kate. <laughs> and Kevin Hutt. Hurt. Kevin Hutt.
3: That'd be great if he was like, it's actually Kevin Hart, but I never wanted to correct anyone, so I just let it go.
0: Hurt. It's Kevin Hurt. <laughs> Hurt. It's a there's, there's a implied umlaut over the A. <laughs>
3: it's kevin you're (laughs) mispronouncing. that happens with professional athletes from foreign places until you're good you don't correct the press so like all of a sudden you're watching someone three years into their career and you're like oh i have to say their name differently now (laughs) because they when they when they weren't that great they didn't care they're not going to bother
0: well if uh if kate ever hears this and listens to this part uh after I'm done eating my hat, I'll also say, Hey, <laughs> sorry if we mispronounced your last name. <laughs> and that was Bed Sunday School. <laughs> that was Bed Sunday School. Cha cha cha. You become naked. <laughs> Actually, it's Shimmera, but go on. <laughs> Sorry, the
3: correction was just for me. Uh, not for you guys.
0: <laughs> hey, you no, know, we love you, especially you, Kate. <laughs> who you got to thank there Matt I want to thank the
3: following patrons who supports at
0: patreon.com
3: slash pen Elon Lee, Leah B, Jacob McCulley Ready is the hero we all deserve, go Pfizer fam Kirill Vyshovsky Kelsey Johnson, Nicole Martin Matthew Rausch, Crazy Cat Lady Scoop Brian and Michelle Lattle, Music Man Larry XGD Falcon Latouf Jamie Thrasher, Rachel Hawkins Mark Smith, Josh Smith Jake Schneider, Peter Hoke Mark Hauser, David, Doug Hirschberger, Jeremy Davidson, Robin Garnett, Obi Demetrian Jr. Jeremy R twenty two, Winter Riakowski, allison Sage, Kristen Klitch, Michael Cohen, Dr. Scooplittle, Joseph Mastrangelo, Jeremiah Jenkins, Nate Soloway, Kelly Reeves, Michael Kaplan, Jesse Miller, Alexander Hoffman, Michael Howard, Danny Olwine, Julian Webb, Stephen Volcano, Grace. Jim the 20-Year Naked Magician, Scooped Mids, and Paul McBride. Thank you all so much.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This message comes from NPR
3: sponsor Grammarly. Get to the point faster and accomplish more with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcasts to sign up for a free account. And when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium, get 20% off for being an NPR
4: listener. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcasts.
2: I'm at the nail salon. I'm at the grocery store. I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm
3: at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Groceries through Instacart, delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store.